Welcome back to the Saga Center here in downtown Lowell, Massachusetts. Hockey East quarterfinal action score at the end of two periods of play. It is UMass Lowell 5, Merrimack 1. Uh, Mike McNamara alongside John Leahy. And joining us here in the second intermission, it is Mike McMahon from themacreport.com. Also from College Hockey News, College Hockey Insider, uh, NeutralZone.net, and the Eagle Tribune. And uh, Mike, so really the tone of this one seems to have been set early on where UMass Lowell came out, was able to establish uh, you know, presence around. Uh, Merrimack goaltender Hugo Ola scored a goal just a minute in, got another goal, uh, eight minutes in for the 2 to nothing lead, and uh, then added the three more here in the second for the 5-1 to one advantage. Yeah, I actually thought Merrimack was in decent shape there after they scored that first goal. The Dravich scored it late in the first. Uh, you know, you kind of feel like, all right, it's a 2-1 game after one. They kind of got that one back and stemmed the tide a little bit, and then just the wheels fell off there in the second period, and they find themselves down, you know, 5-1 to one with, with 20 minutes to go, not the position you want to be in. Uh, you know, one of the questions I had coming into this one was going to be uh, playoff experience. UMass Lowell certainly has that, uh, has a lot of players with that. Merrimack doesn't. Uh, is that a factor tonight? I don't know. I mean, I, I think it can be. I think other times it's it's overblown, too, honestly. I mean, at the end of the day, the game doesn't change. It's the same rules. are still playing the same game that they played for the last 35 games, whatever it's been, 34 games. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think just handling the moment, especially early. I think what you saw at most is probably the first couple of minutes there where Lowell scores the first goal uh, and, and really had the couple of first couple of shifts where, where all Lowell. The Merrimack was kind of able to step the tide a little bit there afterwards. But uh, I think if it's going to show anywhere, that's probably where it's going to show. Those first couple of minutes, uh, maybe they don't have the nerves that you have, and, and that was one of them for sure. This is certainly one of the uh, quicker Merrimack teams that you and I have ever seen. Uh, if not the uh, quickest in terms of uh, you know skating ability and so on, but uh, you know, do you sacrifice something uh, in terms of in the way of physical play? Because it certainly seems like Lowell here tonight has been uh, been able to win an awful lot of those physical battles. They have been, yeah, uh, especially along the wall, especially in front of their own net. I mean, there's been nothing really happening in front of Savary's net. A couple of times Merrimack's been able to penetrate there, but uh, not nearly enough. So uh, I, I think you notice it in front of the net a little bit uh, at the net fronts. They obviously got to get more pucks there, but they got to get more bodies there too. I mean, that's really what's, what seems to be missing where you get a puck on net that he's able to get a pat on, especially if it's low. They had a couple of chances like this. Uh, you know, low chances to the net, Savary's pats to the ice, he stops it, covers it right away, and there's really nobody nobody in his face because just guys aren't able to get to the net. So yeah, I think that's where that's, where that's what's showing up is kind of within that first three to four feet in front of the crease because uh, they're just not able to get bodies there for those second chances. Yeah, the other thing I would say is that, you know, it's always a, a goal of either club in a hockey game. You want to be able to get pucks deep, be able to get pucks behind the defense, you know, force them to turn and, and make plays and so on. Lowell's been able to do that. Their defense have been quick in, uh, in getting to those pucks, and they've been able to get on the offensive side of things for Lowell. They have been able to get the pucks in deep and win some of those battles, uh, you know, again, with, I think, their size advantage uh, to be able to set up plays in front of the net. Yeah, they got some big guys. I mean, that Andre Lee is six foot four, six foot five, and, and all of it too. Uh, and he plays big. I mean, you have guys that have size that don't necessarily play big sometimes, but Lee, Lee has size and he plays big. And they got a lot of guys like that, even on the back end too. So uh, that that's definitely been in a been an area where they just haven't had a lot of success. Uh, so down by four goals here at the end of two periods. Is there hope here going into the third? I mean, yeah, you can get a drastically change the way that they played. I think you know the big thing is, and we saw it with. Um, 
who was it? It was UConn, I think, a couple of weeks ago against Northeastern. Had a similar deficit. You know, Devin Levi was great through two periods. I think it was only three or four to one, though. Uh, and UConn had 27 shots in the third period. I mean, you need four goals. you, you got to be looking at, at this point in the game, pretty much putting anything in the net. Yeah. You know, you, it's hit the blue line, get the puck to the crease, and try to get three four guys to the crease as well, hoping you get a rebound or a puck hits a, a leg or a skater or whatever. This way, you're going to need a couple. You're going to need some lucky goals at the same time. Of uh, you know, I think looking for the perfect play can't exist when you're down when you're down four goals with 20 minutes left. Uh, Mike McMahon, our guest here in between periods, scores five to one. UMass Lowell. Uh, interesting news you had earlier today. Transfer news uh, out of the transfer portal. Tell us about that. Yeah, Ryan Lee Bold uh, committed out of the portal. He's he was Holy Cross's captain this year, leading uh, scorer too. Leading scorer at 26 points in 34 games. That team was outscored by 31 goals, and he was a plus three. So that was the other thing that stood out. Uh, he had he wanted to use his fifth year and had the transfer. They don't have a choice. Holy Cross doesn't have a grad school, so they're one of the schools like the Ivies are the same way. Uh, they don't allow grad transfers. So that's the only thing with the transfer portal where it's a disadvantage to some teams. It's not a disadvantage to Merrimack, but if you don't have a grad school or you don't have a lot of grad programs, you can't take on grad transfers. So it does kind of create a, a, a situation where uh, you've got schools kind of playing by two sets of rules as far as the players that they can go after. Holy Cross couldn't keep them if they wanted to. Yeah. They don't have a grad school. And, and I guess some schools even have different rules as far as transfers go and, and eligibility. Uh, I think Holy Cross has a rule where uh, you need to play you, oh, you, know, you need two years to get a degree from Holy Cross. They won't let you come in with one year and get a degree. So even if they're looking at any transfers in the transfer portal, Holy Cross is really only looking at freshmen and sophomores. And a lot of the kids in the portals are going to be seniors or guys looking to grad a year somewhere or use their fifth year somewhere like Max Newton and Stephen Jander here. So, uh, you know, they're at a disadvantage because they can't use those guys. They don't have a grad school and they also, uh, you know, really can't fill out their own roster in the portal either. But Lee Bold's a guy that I know that uh, I mean, he led their team this year in a lot of ways. Played in every situation. Was on the power play. Was on the penalty kill. Uh, I remember I thought he looked good in the game that Merrimack played against them out in November down at Worcester. So uh, he's a guy that, that, that should find a role here. I, I think he's a guy that can, can play in your top six if you need him to. Um, and if he's not, if he's on your third line, he's probably a really good guy to have in your third line. He can play in the power play, can kill penalties, can score some points, uh, and just plays real hard. Well, you know, you and I have talked uh, over, uh, certainly over the year, maybe the last couple of years at least, the changing landscape, I guess, in college hockey and, you know, what things, changes like the, uh, you know, the, the transfer portal and so on, you know, what that means. And interesting that I think that, you know, we've seen, uh, I think this is another sign, uh, certainly, I mean, if you're a Merrimack fan, Scott Bork has really gone, you know, all in on the transfer portal in terms of trying to bring guys in that he believes are going to make, uh, you know, really make a difference for his team. And that's happened with, you know, guys like Newton. I mean, uh, interesting in that we would see, you know, so John and I are often going and interviewing the uh, the opposing coach before a game, doing an interview with them, sometimes, you know, chatting beforehand. And, uh, you know, and we've heard from more than one of them talk about Newton and saying, boy, he was a guy, you know, a lot of people wanted him, right? A lot of, you know, schools wouldn't, and it was a good get for them to get him. And uh, that certainly was the case. Now, a little different situation that he wasn't a grad transfer, but, you know, the school that he was at, Alaska, Alaska Fairbanks, had, to, you know, they were not going to play during the pandemic year. And so, you know, he, along with, along with a number of other players, did transfer for that reason. But still, I have to, you know, I heard this news today that you had about, about uh, Leopold and thought it's, it's almost a similar kind of thing because, you know, first of all, I, I didn't know he was available. I don't know if you did, but you know, then to hear that that all of a sudden so quick because their season just ended the other day yeah. about a week ago, and all of a sudden you know that he's headed to Merrimack. 
that seems like another good get for Scott Bork. Yeah, he's been in the portal for a while. Uh, there's there was about thirty to forty guys that have been in there since the the end of the season, uh, since like the second semester. Really, they've been in there throughout the second semester because they knew, like in Lee Bolt's case, he can't go back to Holy Cross, yeah. and he knew that. So he's been in the portal for a while. Um, and Merrimack, I think, had been. I think once he's in there, you're allowed to recruit him, even if the season's still going on. So uh, I, I think how far back then what has he been in it? I don't know for sure. I know there's been a lot of guys that have been in there kind of since like December, you know, since the second semester. Uh, guys that knew they weren't going back to where they were, were originally playing this year, or uh, obviously guys that left at the semester break have been in there for a while too, but uh, you can enter at any time and, and still play out the rest of that semester, I think. So, I think, if, I'm pretty sure, and I could be off on this, but I think if you enter it, like say you enter the transfer portal in November during the first semester, then you're, you have to stop playing at the end of the first semester, but a lot of guys could enter it at the beginning of the second semester if they know they're not going to be back with that school the following year and still be eligible to play. UMass, uh, UMass Amherst had a player, uh, I think last year, I don't think it was a national championship game. I think it was a national semifinal because they had some guys that were out. Uh, they had a, I forget who it was off the top of my head, but there was a player in that game that was in the portal. And I think had already committed to another school uh, at, at that point, but played in the, in the national semifinal because they were so short. So uh, it's it's not entirely uncommon that he would have been in there for that long, especially in his case because he knew Holy Cross wasn't an option for his fifth year, even if he wanted it to be. Um, so he's been in there for a while, but I, I think he was a guy that was getting a lot of interest for sure. Again, a score here five to one. Uh, UMass low leading. So if it ends up holding up here, and this does end up being uh, being it, it's certainly going to be a uh, disappointing, I would say, end to the season for the uh, Warrior for Merrimack team that had eyes, I, I would say, certainly on trying to get to the Garden and the semifinals for the first time since 2011. But uh, you know, w- what would it end up meaning? I guess you know, assuming that this does hold up, what's what's the legacy? I guess going to be of this team here because they have this season been able to accomplish some things that it's been quite some time since since they've been able to accomplish around here. Yeah, I, I mean, I said it the other night, I think they're, you, you could argue that they're the second or third best team in the, the modern era of the program, Be, meaning D1 and Hockey East. Uh, you know, they, they've got more wins. They'll, they'll finish with more wins in that 2012 team, which had the second most wins ever uh, in this era. They'll have, ironically, they'll have more losses, too. That team only had 12 losses. They don't have ties that year. But, uh, you know, I think in, in that 2012 tweet team, they, they ended at the same point in the season in the quarterfinals. So, uh, you know, I think it's probably a very similar season into that 11-12 team. Uh, opposite scripts that their seasons followed. 11-12, they started real hot struggle down the stretch. This team was, you know, had a tough schedule at the beginning of the year, but was kind of floating around 500 beginning of the year and really wanted to run here in the second half. But I think, I mean, there's only been three teams that have finished with a winning record since they joined Hockey East in 89, and this will be one of the three. So if it's not the second best team in the modern history of the program, it's the third. <laughs> and you can argue where, where those, you know, where they belong, which one's two and which one's three, but uh, top three for sure. All right, Mike, thanks as always. We certainly appreciate it. Folks, check out his work. Uh, College Hockey News, themacreport.com, the College Hockey Insider, the Eagle Tribune, neutralzone.net, and uh, even if this this does end up being the end of the run here for the Merrimack Warriors, Mike does an awful lot of work for uh, most of those publications, as we mentioned, and so you'll be able to continue to follow his work throughout the rest of the Hockey's tournament and the NCAA tournament, especially with the Frozen Four being in Boston. Mike, thanks as always for uh, chatting with us, and we'll talk to you again soon. Sounds good, thanks. All right, score here, UMass Lowell 5 and Merrimack 1 at the end of the second period of play. John and I will be back with more right after this. This is Warrior Hockey.